Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Yeah, I thought I was muted there, and I hope people didn't hear me coughing, but if you did, I'm so sorry. So welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and today the question is why carefully crafted press releases are so very important to your business, no matter what the size or industry is. My guest as expert, Mickey Kennedy, joins me today to share how using press releases can create buzz, generate sales, and boost SEO, search engine optimization thereby boosting visibility and credibility. Now, Mickey founded e-releases 22-plus years ago after realizing that small businesses desperately needed a press release service that they can actually afford and that gives them access to the media and a national newswire, all with a personal touch. Mickey, welcome. It's good to have you here today, and I hope I didn't cough all over you. That's all right. It's great to be here, Denise. You know, Sometimes my mute button is on, sometimes it's not, so here we go. So, Mickey, tell people a bit about yourself and, you know, how you started e-releases, why you did it. I mean, I think we all know that press releases work, and I'm going to ask you how they work, but give people a little bit of insight into who you are and and why you're here today to share your information. Sure. So, um, I guess around 25 years ago, I was in graduate school working on an MFA in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. At the time, I just assumed that I was going to be waiting tables the rest of my life and writing poetry in my off time. Uh, but I, after doing that for a semester, I realized that uh, standing on my feet wasn't for me and that uh, waiting tables is hard, much harder than it seems. And so I ended up uh, getting a job at a telecom startup, and one of the things that I did there was uh, fax uh, press releases. And for people who don't know what a fax machine is, it's uh, <laughs> a machine that's like a copier. It's tied to the phone line, and it's, it's loud, and it takes a long time to send. So I was programming those with 100 numbers. That was the most it would hold, and it was a new cutting-edge fax machine that held 100 numbers, so that was like a coup. But unfortunately, we had to send to 180, 190 contacts. So I would program 100 numbers, hit send. It would take all day to send. Um, and then the next day I would delete all those numbers and put 80 or 90 more back in and hit send again. And it was just a waste of two days every time we had a release that we were doing it. And I started to get contacted by journalists because we were publishing numbers and statistics saying, hey, Mickey, could you just email us that uh, Word document or the numbers itself so that we drew copy and paste? Uh, and so uh, a light bulb went off and said, email is a natural progression for sending these press releases out. And so I spent about uh, a year um, while working there contacting journalists in uh, my off time and saying, could I email them press releases? And so I launched e-releases about a year after um, I had that idea, and I had about 10,000 journalists in my database that I was sending to, and that's sort of how e-releases began. 
And uh, at the time, there wasn't really anyone providing a service like that uh, outside of the newswires. And uh, they were charging uh, much more money uh, than I would think I was charging a couple hundred dollars at the time. And over the years, PR Newswire reached out to me and said, hey, why don't you also send your releases to the Newswire through us? And I pointed out that at the time, they were charging $1,000 to release the press release nationally. nationally. Ouch. You know, my my clients were just spending a couple hundred dollars, so uh, we ended up working an agreement out so that we get a custom national distribution for all of our customers, and they don't have to pay anything near that price. So uh, they get the email distribution that we've always done, and they also get the uh, newswire distribution through a custom national newswire distribution over PR Newswire. So it's really a big win-win for them, and the real importance of you know, getting a press release out there is the ability of leverage that can happen with the media. Um, if you get, you know, the one right story, you can generate, you know, a crazy amount of traffic, um, uh, uh, you know, revenue, new customers coming in. It's just a matter of, of you know, playing the odds and, you know, also increasing your chances by using strategic press releases that are more likely to get uh, people's attention. But that's sort of how um, I, I got started and evolved into the business model that I have right now. Uh, we've predominantly helped a lot of small businesses, startups, authors, speakers, um, you know, uh, lots of people get media attention. Uh, about a third of the people that appear on Shark Tank use us um, to announce um, their episode airing um, you know, when it comes up, uh, we're recommended by the producers of, of Shark Tank, um, unofficially, of course. Um, but it is, a, you know, great to be able to see so many, you know, companies like that um, that we recognize on TV that are, that are using us. No kidding. And now I have a, a thought that I didn't have five minutes ago as I've been listening to you. This would work for, you know, you're saying Shark Tank. I've never seen it, but of course I'm aware of it. I cut cable 10 years ago, never enjoyed TV much anyway, so it was no big loss to me. But how can you not know what Shark Tank is? But my my question is, this would work very well for people like me who are podcasters in our spare time, like we have spare time. But putting our episodes out there, would that be a good idea? Um. um. It could be. I have as long seen, as we don't abuse I, I it, a, I think. Right. I, I saw okay. a, uh, I, I did a presentation for PodFest um, earlier this year, and one of the things I did is I looked at press releases that were for blogs, I mean, not just blogs, but podcasts specifically, and tried to determine whether um, it, it resulted in media pickup. And unfortunately, what I found is very few of them did result in actual articles being written about them. Um, I think that the, the, the most successful one was uh, Trump's former attorney who was interviewing Stormy Daniels, and that one exploded, of course. Everybody picked it up, including People Magazine and New York uh, Post and a lot of other places. Um, but outside of that, the only other successful one we had was um, I think there was a podcast on Lincoln that uh, went out uh, around President's Day, and that one did get picked up in a few history um, blogs and websites and a few uh, public uh, radio-type places that, that promoted it. So I, I'm not sure that promoting um, uh, a podcast is, is 
the best strategic use of, of a newswire and going out. Just it looks like the odds are against you for that. I always tell people to you know uh, see what's working out there and um, and then improve upon it or do something to slightly differentiate yourself. Um, I, I think that a much more favorable uh, Thing that I recommend is to do a survey, a poll, or a study. Um, anybody can do that. I've had it work like gangbusters for lots of different clients. And uh, we had a local auto repair shop in Pennsylvania. So, you know, talk about a non-newsworthy uh, uh, company. They were doing nothing unique. Uh, but uh, they lost their website because they had been uh, they had one with the yellow pages and uh, it was just a free Never. brochure site. Yeah, let me tell everybody, don't do that ever, ever, ever. Okay, keep going. <laughs> right, right. And get so your own website. The yellow pages, yeah, the yellow pages went dark. Uh, no longer offering that brochure site for free, and so they lost their website and uh, they put a new website up, but no one could find them. It wasn't appearing in Google search. And uh, a really smart SEO person recommended that they get links from um, auto industries saying that uh, those are within your industry uh, and they're very authoritative. So if you get a, a couple of links from uh, auto industry trade publications, um, your ranking will improve considerably very fast. And so we did a survey. Uh, they did the survey and I, I helped them. And I always recommend when you do a survey, throw one or two oddball questions in there because those can be really fun, and the media really likes those a lot of times. Not always, but a lot of times they do. And in this case, it was the oddball question that just you know catapulted them into getting lots of media attention. Uh, it was a question that said, what's the strangest thing a customer left in uh, their car being repaired? And it was an interview, a, a survey of other auto repair shops nationwide um, they didn't know other auto repair shops other than like a competitor or two in their area. And so what I suggested was they reach out to a small trade association, of which there was many, uh, but there was one for independent auto repair shops. And they just sent the link out to the survey to their members forum. Uh, they did say that they would mention them in the survey. Um, and they got like, I think around 800 um, other auto repair places that uh, responded and completed the survey. And so there was a lot of little oddball responses to that one specific question, uh, like, you know, strangest thing left in the car, a boa constrictor. Um, oh, uh, uh, they got a call from uh, someone saying they left grandma in the car, and they're like, the car's oh been God. parked for two days. There's no, there's nobody in the car. And they're like, well, she's in the back, and she's in the urn, and her memorial is tonight, so we have to retrieve her. Uh, so uh, there was lots of little things like that, and those were the things that got picked up in a lot of articles. People wanted um, – there was a list of, I think, over 50 uh, strange things that were uh, included in the survey, and uh, those were tended to be what got written about. Like uh, a lot of people would abbreviate it and say, here's 10 strange things that people left. Here's the top 25 strangest things. And um, it, 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 it really went gangbusters. They got about 10 auto trade publications that picked them up. And actually their local newspaper ended up picking them up, which wasn't really uh, what they were looking for in the beginning, but they were very happy to get it. Um, so it did really well for them, and within three months, they ranked number one, uh, their new website. So uh, it, it worked really well for them. The, the links from 
auto industry trade publications, our high authority, um, and, you know, just having no more links than that, they're number one for searches, um, uh, not their competitors any longer. And so, you know, that was their goal. It did really well. Um, and sometimes you, you have to look at, you know, how you can sort of utilize the, the results of media attention. Uh, we have the carpet company in New Jersey that had more money than cents. And they wanted to do a one-year PR campaign, and I told them from the beginning, all I'm going to be doing is taking your money because I don't think that we're going to get you any media attention being a local carpet company in New Jersey. And so after five months of taking their money and nothing happening, um, we did another call, and I just said, you know, running through lots of little things, and one of the things we brainstormed was who their enemy was. And they said it was the big box home improvement stores. And specifically, they talked about how they have to market and compete against them and how difficult it is and how inferior their product and service is. And so uh, we did a press release on that, and we got picked up in almost a dozen floor trade publications. It turned out that that uh, topic of marketing had been ignored by all these trade publications. And all of a sudden, they saw a um, – articles all about marketing against, you know, Home Depot and Lowe's and how this um, one company is, uh, you know, fighting that challenge, that resonated with the subscribers because most of them are other local carpet uh, 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 stores and presences across the U.S. And so uh, they ended up getting about 30 or 40 articles written over the next few months because we continued to work the marketing angle because it was doing so well for them. And what they did is they put together all their clips in a big binder. They called it the big brag book. And whenever they went to someone's house to give them a quote, they showed them that and they walked them through it and said, we got picked up in four covering today. We got picked up here in this publication. And we're the only company in the area that's been recognized nationally by so many different places. And we're probably not going to come in as, uh, when you work with us, our installers are salaried. Many of them have been with us for you know decades. And we know who's coming into your home and uh, they're trustworthy. When you use a Home Depot or Lowe's, they don't know what contractors even going to show up. And usually they cycle in and out every couple of weeks. So you don't know who's coming. You don't know what their track record is, whether you're going to have to have your carpets restretched in six months to a year. And the, the padding that we use is superior uh, to the padding that you get through the big box home improvement stores. They started converting almost 20% higher um, since they did that. They said they'd always told people that we're superior to the big box home improvement stores, but when they said that following them going through this book, it made a difference, and there was so much more credibility that comes with articles and being picked up by uh, publications that people said to themselves, yeah, these people are 5 or 10% higher, but I trust them, and I, I, you know, I want to spend my money with them. And so, you know, that's one of the things that works really well with the more media attention you get, the more credibility you have, and people feel more comfortable doing business with you. Um, a lot of our customers, when they get uh, links from articles and people going to their website from an article that pick them up, they find that um, the, the customers they get from that are really good 
They never open a new window and price shop, can't get it cheaper elsewhere. They've attached an emotional bond uh, to that uh, company that they read about, and they want to do business with them. Um, It's like sometimes you read a really great Kickstarter or Indiegogo, and you want to go support them, even though there's always the chance that you may not even get the product or service, but you believe in it and you have this warm feeling and you just want to support them. And that's the type of things that can happen with articles. And that, that makes sense. And listen, I have been down that Home Depot route. And don't get me wrong, I like Home Depot. I was in there yesterday picking up an order, but I had a rental that we had to have carpet put in. That was 10 years ago. I'm still mad about it. I should have never, ever gone with that company. And the sad thing is, I knew better, but it was a price thing. It was a rental. I needed to get it done, needed to get people in the door. I wish I hadn't. It was a mess. It really was. And that's not to say it's always that way, but I didn't do my due diligence, and that was on me. So going back just a little bit, when you're talking about what's in your car, I guarantee you that everybody listening at that moment heard you, but they were also going, oh, geez, what's in my car? What's in my car? Oh, geez, as soon as this is over, as soon as I'm through listening, I'm going to go clean out my car. I promise you there's going to be a lot of people checking to see what's under the seat, in the, you know, in the trunk, in the glove compartment. Should my mom see this? No, she probably shouldn't, you know, that kind of thing. I, I just did a minute because right. I was in the car all day yesterday, and there's still a lot of stuff that has to be unpacked and put into the garage now i'm scared (laughs) so just so you know what i'm doing this weekend but anyway so you're giving us a a tremendous amount of reasons and very good reasons with case studies attached why press releases can be very very helpful and i know a lot of people say oh it's a press release okay you know i'll go to pr log and i've used pr log they're great and, you know, I'll put my stuff out there and, and then basically just hope for the best. Apparently, that's not smart. Right. So there is no hope, so, hoping for the best. You need to have a, a plan of some description. Right. Strategy is really important when it comes to press releases. Unfortunately, about 80% of the press releases that I issue, nothing happens to them. They don't get articles written. Um, it's just, you know, the release goes out, it gets syndicated on a few websites, but no articles get written about them. And the reason for that is the releases are not very strategic. So there's lots of places, even I have on my website, like 80 different topics that you can write a press release about. But you have to look at how strategic and important the announcement is. A journalist is acting as a gatekeeper for his audience. And so when he looks at your press release, he's going to say, is this something that my readers want to know about? And there's things that you can do more strategically to make it so that your message more better answers that question positively. Yes, this is something that your audience is going to find interesting. In the case of the survey and study, those oddball questions often create an irresistible response where someone wants to know the answer to when it's a, a strange or left field question. Um, you know, they get really invested in that. Uh, and and uh, I, I know that going back to the days of my mother was, used to get the cosmopolitan magazine in every week and it would have, you know, uh, uh, does your man do this in the bedroom page 57. And so it, it was just little 
things like that that piqued your interest and, and invited you in and, and really got you involved. And a really good survey or study can do that by having those little left-field questions. But sometimes it's the regular questions that get picked up as well and that people are interested in. So I always say mix it up so that you have a little offering for everybody. And uh, in some industries, uh, the sensational uh, side of things is less likely to work and play out. But uh, there's nothing stopping you from putting out a survey or study in your industry. Um, some people, feel, you know, like that uh, auto repair company in uh, Pennsylvania, they're not authorities on anything. You know, they're, they're not even, you know, they're, they're, they're a successful auto repair shop, but they don't even own a chain or anything like that. But yes, they authored that survey and they were able to get the Independent Trade Association to, to, to uh, send it out to their members. The small trade associations don't get a lot of love, so uh, any time that they see some, an opportunity that they can get some recognition, like being included or mentioned in the press release, it's a win-win for them. And so, uh, the, you know, always look at what you're what you're issuing and try to be you know really strategic. Um, a lot of people do something that's called newsjacking, where they try to ride a trend, uh, something that's really hot right now. The problem with that is. Uh, if you're quick and fast, you can get some pickup, but once it's out there, it's really hard to stand out. Uh, years ago, uh, there was a Target credit card breach, and every security consultant was issuing press releases for six to 12 weeks about how uh, mentioning the Target credit card breach and how they had solutions to stop it. And almost none of those got media pickup. The first guy might have gotten a little bit of media pickup, but most everyone didn't. However, you can take that topic and elevate the conversation. And by doing that, you're creating different content and something that might be uh, you know, more likely to get media pickup. For example, you could do a white paper or talk about how uh, mom and pop small businesses are also susceptible to the same type of credit card breaches that affected Target. And all of a sudden, you increase your audience base because a lot of people are small business owners and a lot of people take credit cards. And all of a sudden, uh, you, you're giving them tips and resources to determine if they are at risk of a credit card breach. And, and, and that's something where uh, by elevating the conversation and adding layers to it, you've made it more topical and more likely for you to get uh, media pickup. Um, another approach that works really well for people is being contrarian. So if everybody within an industry is saying one specific thing, you're saying the opposite. And you have to be comfortable doing that. You don't want to do anything that's going to make you look bad in your industry or alienate your customer base. But if there is uh, a topic that is trending in your industry and everybody seems to be agreeing with it, you know, just uh, adding yourself to the conversation, agreeing to it, you're not going to get picked up. But if you're saying something counter to it, every time someone talks about this topic, that's the opportunity for them to include you in the conversation because uh, journalists try to be objective and to cover both sides. But many times they don't because no one's out there saying the, 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 what the counter argument is. Um, so if everyone's saying that, you know, um, pollution is bad, we need to go to electric cars and it's good for the environment, maybe you're the person who's saying, hey, well, maybe not so fast because, you know, the minerals used to make these batteries are very environmentally damaging. 
Uh, and also, we haven't found a way to handle these batteries at the end of their life when it comes to recycling and disposing of them properly. So maybe we should slow down a little bit before we push too uh, eagerly into uh, using electric cars. And, you know, that's a well-reasoned argument. Nobody's going to say that person's, you know, the crazy uncle or something like that by, by saying something like that. But you come across as reasonable but you're providing a counter argument. So a lot of people who are talking about electric cars will certainly are more likely to consider also including your argument as well to be fair and balanced. And that makes perfect sense. I, Mickey, I just had somebody shoot me a note and said, okay, I'm loving the ideas of surveys, but I'm not really understanding how a press release and a survey works. So I guess the question there is, do you write the press release, you know, you craft it, but then you send a link to an actual survey that is SurveyMonkey or it's on your website. You can't put it in the press releases. I think what they're asking. No, so you're, you're not going to you're not going to promote the survey. The survey has oh, already not. gone out, and you already have the responses. Um, generally, you will have a place where you uh, on your website or someplace where you make available um, all of the uh, res uh, results of your survey. So you're, gotcha. you're publishing the results. And so, um, and they can appear in lots of different uh, ways, but you'll be, you know, issuing something. Usually most people tack on to one of the central uh, results of this study. Uh, one of our clients, Clutch, um, clutch.co, um, I just pulled up their most recent three press releases and uh, the, the headline is 54% of small businesses have a budget for 2021 finds new survey from Clutch. The next one is 31% of small businesses' main financial issue in 2020 was declining revenue. And the third release is 62% of small businesses have in-house accountants in 2021, but outsourcing has benefits finds new survey. So uh, the, 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 the press releases are about the survey they publish some of the, the numbers, and then they include quotes and stuff like that. So for the first one, about 54% of small businesses have a budget for 2021. Um, they have a quote that says, without a budget, you have no measuring stick to evaluate your goals and performance, said Donna Kant. And uh, so they, you put it with quotes. You provide a little bit of analysis uh, uh, of what, what the survey determined or pulled out. And, uh, you know, it's up to the journalist to turn that into an article. Um, but uh, what you did was you just positioned the results of the survey, uh, included some information. You usually have a boilerplate in the press release that some people also call the about section where you talk about your company. You're sort of like your elevator pitch of what your company does. Um, but that's what you're issuing. You're not issuing the, the survey and inviting people to fill it out. You're, you're publishing the results of the survey. Gotcha. I just got a note that said, thank you, with the exclamation point. So that was really helpful. So when you're writing a winning press release, and we've talked about they have to be thoughtful, there has to be a strategy, what are some of the – do you have any kind of – you said boilerplate. Do you have like a little template that people can say, okay, I need to have this, 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 and this? Is that on your website, or can you talk about it here? We do. If you, if you visit ereleases.com, on the lower uh, part of the website in our footer, we have something I think called press release samples. That's a great place to look and see different types of press releases. 
and you can sort of uh, model those as you write a release um, on different topics and things like that. Um, the, the thing that, uh, talking about strategy, uh, we also have on the website a free master class. It's less than an hour, and it teaches a lot of these strategies I talked about. It goes into the survey and studies. It talks about newsjacking. It talks about being contrarian, as well as a few other ideas that work really well. It's basically eight of, of the most successful strategies for a, a winning press release. So if you built a PR campaign trying out four to six of these, and did a, a few releases, you're very likely to get media attention from doing that. And you can find that at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And uh, like I said, it's less than an hour. Um, any, it's very accessible. Anybody could do it. And hopefully as you watch it, some uh, light bulbs will go off of things that you could do uh, for your company or for you yourself uh, that you could uh, potentially turn into a press release. Uh, when you do try a press release, it's always important to try a PR campaign of several releases and see what works. Um, it's very unfortunate when you have someone who does one release, it doesn't work, and they feel that press releases just don't work for them. Uh, so uh, we did a press release last year um, for Dining Bond Initiative. It was an initiative that was sort of borrowing from the war bond uh, concept, and it was meant to help local uh, restaurants when they were all shut down from the pandemic. And it was a way to get them revenue and money um, to help them keep the lights on and, and, you know, perhaps pay some people during the times that they were closed. And they did one press release, and it uh, got picked up in over 150 places. We quit counting at 150. Uh, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, all the major publications, and a lot of food trade publications uh, uh, and other newspapers picked it up as well. And they generated millions of dollars in revenue uh, that went directly to small uh, restaurants uh, nationwide and, and eventually rolled out internationally as well. And so for a very short period, it was very effective and, and did a lot of good. And that's what can happen with one really great press release. Now, it helped that, you know, it came during the pandemic and people were looking for positive news and ways that they could help. And so it, it did blow up because of that. But, it's you know, it's not unusual the, to have a winning press release that might get picked up in four to eight places. And you might generate, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in sales. And that happens regularly when you're working with strategic press releases. But it doesn't happen with every press release. So you may have to try three or four uh, before you find one that resonates in your industry and you get some real media attention. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind that, you know, a single press release isn't a PR campaign. And so many people will have a new product coming out. They'll do a press release. It doesn't excite the market, and they feel that PR doesn't work. Uh, but yet if that same company was to do a survey or study within their industry, they certainly could have gotten some media attention from that. And uh, in the case of Clutch, I think almost um, they do, you know, 20 to 40 surveys slash studies a year. And uh, they generally receive four to 12 articles that are uh, uniquely written, original articles that get written based off their surveys that they release. And so they get picked up 
again and again and again, uh, almost like clockwork. And, uh, you know, that can drive a lot of sales and a lot of revenue and a lot of eyeballs to your website. Um, so, you know, you, you definitely have a great opportunity that happens with PR. Um, in the case that I mentioned last year with the Dining Bond Initiative, you know, I, nobody can create an ad on Google and spend $400 and generate you know, millions of dollars in revenue. No matter how good that ad is, it's not going to happen. But with PR, potentially it can, and you can generate and leverage and create something that gives you multiples ROI if it works really well. And you only know if it's going to work really well by trying it and testing it. And I always say, you know, it's, 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 it's an experiment, but, you know, try to be really strategic and avoid some of the, you know, uh, common releases that don't do very well. New hires, for example, when you hire someone in your company, it might look good to issue a press release, but if you're going to pay to send it over the newswire, recognize that outside of one trade publication and your local newspaper, very few people are going to be interested in a new hire press release. The exception being if you hired someone who's really important in the industry and is really renowned and well-known, that might be the exception. Um, but, I, you know, if, if, if you want to write the release, post it on your website, send it to your customers, but, you know, don't send it over the newswire. Save your budget for something that's a lot more important and strategic. I would also say post it on uh, LinkedIn. You're probably going to pick up oh, more yeah, eyeballs over that. Always promote, I always recommend promoting your stuff through social media and uh, your company newsletter. Exactly. And put it on your website with additional content oh, yeah. uh, for search engines to find you. And, and that's great advice, and thank you. I just had another note say, okay, this is going to sound, I think somebody's feeling a little bit defeated here, but he says, you know, I've done a few press releases, or my virtual assistant has done a few press releases for me, but basically we just came to the conclusion that they were just good for SEO, that they stayed out there forever and ever, amen, and people could actually find them if they were using specific keywords. But other than that, they didn't do a darn thing. So I right. understand I would say, that I would say most press releases uh, are like that. Most press releases don't do anything. Most press releases are not strategic. Uh, most press releases, the newsworthiness of them is not very high. Um, so I would you know, challenge this person to come up with press releases that are very strategic. Um, how about an industry survey or study with some really thoughtful questions that anyone would want to know the answer to? Um, and you could always include the left ball question or, or, or two as well. Um, you know, if, if everyone's, uh, you know, talking about something that's hot in your industry, rather than join the conversation, can you start a different thread or a different layer of it by, uh, you know, turning the conversation in a completely different direction? Uh, that stands out. Um, you know, research your industry, and is there something that they're not talking about, like the carpet company, the floor trade publications that we're not talking about marketing? And all of a sudden, we had a vacuum, and over a four- or five-month period, we were able to get 36 articles in floor trade publications because we were talking about something they were ignoring that their uh, uh, subscribers were very interested in. So, uh, you know, most of the press releases that people issue is uh, a new update to their product. Uh, the website's now 
mobily responsive. Um, <laughs> they got a partnership with a new supplier. Um, they have Nobody a new cares. hire. Right. Nobody, Nobody cares. cares about that. That's, that's not care. newsworthy at all. Yeah. That's, it's not newsworthy at all, and you're just wasting your money. And, and that being said, when you do issue a press release, you want to make sure you issue it over a proper newswire. In the U.S., there's only three. Uh, PR Newswire, which is the oldest and largest, and that's who we work with, uh, Business Wire, and Globe Newswire. If you issue the press release to anybody but those three or somebody that sent it to those three, it didn't go anywhere. There's a lot of noise out there among companies that – act like they're going to send your press release out, but they don't go over a newswire. So uh, it needs to go over one of those three, and you're looking for a U.S. national distribution. There's a lot of people that will send a release over PR Web, uh, which is owned by Cision and PR Newswire, but it's a web-only distribution, which means it just goes to a few syndicated sites, and journalists never see it. Journalists don't have the opportunity oh. to see it. So I did uh, not know you, that. you want to make sure that you're, you're working with someone who uh, is actually going to get it in front of journalists because, um, you know, we've had – I've seen really good releases go out and nothing happened because they used a service that, you know, uh, has Newswire in its name but is not a Newswire and it doesn't go out to journalists. So, you know, that's another thing you have to be uh, – uh, careful with. But that being said, I, I already said that like more than 80% of my customers get no media attention because they're they're issuing safe releases that were approved by committee and they look like they've been written by uh, committees. Uh, you know, a quote is one of the most important things you can have in your press release to ensure that you get picked up. So many people will issue a press release and the managing editor looks at the article and says, this is a good article. Well, why did they mention this little company I've never heard of? They don't realize that you inspired the article, so they cut you out. So it's unfortunate that someone might you know, pick uh, an interesting newsworthy topic and write about it and then get excluded from it. It happens all the time. The one way that you can preserve yourself is to have a really captivating quote where what you said is so thoughtful and interesting and concise that when the managing editor looks at it, he goes, I've never heard of this small company, but damn, that's a great quote. And they might even circle it and put exclamation marks by it. They're not going to cross you out. And as long as your quote remains, your company is going to remain because, you know, who is this person? Well, he's so-and-so from company X. So that's one of the great ways to ensure that you stay in an article as well as to have a great quote. So many times the quotes look like uh, they're just safe, benign words, and they're not really elevated or very thoughtful. So, um, you know, these are all different things that people, when they're putting together a press release, don't spend a huge amount of time thinking about. Your headline being the most important because, you know, on the newswire, that's how they see you. It's usually industry-specific feeds that they can customize, but they're viewing it by headline, and they decide based on the headline whether to click through to you. And you're writing the headline for the journalist, so you're not looking for puns or cleverness normally. You're looking to have the most interesting and newsworthy information first so that they can utilize that when they're um, you know, sending the release out. This is fascinating, and I don't claim to be – any kind of expert on press releases. I mean, I've put out a few for clients, 
warning them that they needed an expert. I've never claimed to be an expert. And I said, listen, it's, if this is really, really important, you probably should hire somebody. No, 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 I just want to get it out there. And I know it's just going to land somewhere, but it'll be out there on the Internet. And I just want it out there. Okay, I can do that. But you have given me so many different things to think about. I have no idea, none. So this is a fast conversation. Great. Okay, so how could a company, let's talk about conversions and sales because, you know, this is a time when people really need to either kind of catch up on sales or customers, clients that they lost over the last year or so. Restaurants, oh my gosh. And let's go back to Yellow Pages. Don't do that. I can't tell you how many, you'll go to Facebook and look the other day, yesterday I was out with my my friend Maggie for her birthday and we wanted to find a decent restaurant. We clicked on several in Facebook that, you know, you go to their little website on Facebook, not there, it's gone, it's dead because they didn't own their own, you know, their own content. But don't do that. Don't go to Yellow Pages. <laughs> find a way to pay somebody to get you a decent website that works and you own it. But, you know, that's just my, my personal thing. But, if we're talking about conversions and sales, and you might have covered it a bit, but can you give us a bit more, give, me, give us more tips because you are rocking and rolling here. Right. So um, when you get media attention, it's a huge credibility boost. Um, so, for example, if the New York Times wrote an article about you, uh, the people that come from that article, even if there's no links from that article to your website, um, when they do a search and they find you, uh, they're much more likely to be a buyer and to convert, and that's just known. But that being said, you also have existing customers and existing leads, and there's nothing stopping you from putting that article in front of them. So say, hey, we just got picked up by the New York Times, uh, and you know, here's a link to it. Uh, you could even have a thumbnail of, the, uh, of a screenshot or something like that and send it out to your leads um, and, and other people. Um, and, and that's going to give you a huge credibility boost as well. For the leads that were thinking about your company, they're going to go, wow, this person got picked up by the New York Times. That's a really good uh, catch. So that's a credibility boost. Um, and it also puts you, again, at top of mind the more you touch somebody. Um, and, you know, it looks really good. Um, it, it also works sending it to your suppliers, your vendors, uh, you know, people who've even said no before. I've had people who got media pick up and said, hey, we just got a new supplier, and I've been trying to work with these people for five or six years, and they've always said that we're just too small to work with. But once I got this article and I was sharing it with all my people and I shared it with them, they said, you know what, maybe we are ready to start working with you. And so it, it, it sends a signal that you're, you're a very mature marketer when you're sending out strategic press releases, meaningful press releases, um, showing and sharing your milestones at your company. And so you, you really want to try to get it out to as many people as you can, as well as sending it over the wire to journalists. Um, so... Uh, you know, even if you don't get media pickup, there's nothing wrong with taking the press release itself, uh, maybe, the, maybe the one that's on um, PR Newswire's website, and just sharing that with them as well, saying, hey, we just issued this news. 
again, it's a credibility indicator. These are people who care about their messaging. Uh, they sent it out over, you know, a proper newswire, and here's a link to it um, uh, or a screenshot and link to it. It, it. it does send a signal, and it makes it easier to convert people. Um, whenever I'm on a website and I've never done business with them before, and it's especially a B2C website for consumers, I always get a little apprehensive pulling out my credit card and buying with them. It's like, can I trust them? But when I find that they might have a news section on their website and they're posting press releases, no fraudster is going to go through the effort of that. It's like I feel a bit of a relief and understand who they are. They might even have some media mentions uh, on, on the page as well that they've got been picked up my comfort level really increases and I'm more likely to buy with that company. And, you know, those are all opportunities that will increase your conversions and improve your ROI and help you come across as a more well-rounded company, a company that cares more about its reputation and is, uh, you know, responsibly issuing news on a regular basis. And on a regular basis, I always tell small businesses that want to try PR and to keep with it, to do a release a minimum of each quarter. It helps you stay relevant in front of journalists in your industry. Even if they pass uh, on your first release, the second one, because there's a little bit of familiarity, they might be more receptive to considering the second one or the next one that comes across their plate. Um, so, you know, it is one of those things that just takes a little bit of effort, time, uh, being strategic. But, you know, all of it, once you get uh, the uh, – some media coverage coming in, it just makes it easier, and it can have a snowball effect when you're, you know, really getting lots of media attention. And Mickey, it doesn't matter if you're one person or 500. It doesn't matter what size your company is, does it? No, and so many small businesses and solopreneurs bury the story. They don't even share the really relevant story. Um, they want to appear to be a big company. They don't want people to know that they're working out of their house. They don't want people to know that over Thanksgiving, instead of uh, having everybody over for Thanksgiving dinner, they had to shove uh, packages and boxes in the garage and get ready to ship out shipments because they had a little bit more business than they intended. Yet those are the stories that work very well. That one specifically uh, was a client shared that uh, that happened to them. And I told them they should include that in the press release that they were working on, and they did. And they got picked up in Fast Company. Companies loved that story. They like to write about startups. They like to write about the hiccups, the obstacles, the growing pains. Uh, a family all sitting around the garage instead of the, the uh, a Thanksgiving turkey played very well for them, and it it it, it worked really well. It's it's a it's a unique story. It's one that uh, a lot of people can identify with when they're growing a business there's growing pains there's lots of little things that happen and so it it it, it worked really well that company did not want initially to do that they had to trust me um, they uh, they would have never made it in fast company uh, just pretending to be larger than they are in all corporate so you know share your growing pains uh, be human. Uh, people resonate with that. Fast Company, Inc. Magazine, they love the, those human interest stories. And uh, anything that makes you come across as real uh, works very well. 
And you know, this is, I've been building websites for about 20 years now, which shocks me. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but I did the math the other day and went, gee whiz. But the thing is, when I first started, and I, you know, you and I have been working at what we do for a while now, it wasn't the done thing to tell anybody that you were a single person with a home office, which even back then a home office was taxable by the IRS. We had all kinds of problems. Now everybody's got one. But we we had to present, you know, the the portrait of you standing behind a leather chair with your grandfather's, you know, big picture on, behind your wall. Nobody could know that you were sitting around in your shorts eating Cheetos going, oh, my God, what's next? Nobody could know. You know, they didn't. Now authenticity and being a lot more accessible is really where people are. But that took some doing, didn't it? That's, and, and I may be off in my time frame, but it's about the last eight to ten years that people say, heck with it. I am who I am. Right. And I think the pandemic accelerated it, where yes. even the most corporate of, of, of companies had people working from home, and you just had to uh, accept that, you know, people work out of their homes, and you might see a kid in the background, you might see, uh, you know, a dog, you might see uh, um, laundry and stuff like that, but, you know, it, it, we're human, and, we, you know, I, I feel like the pandemic helped in a lot of ways to just sort of normalize that. I agree with you. And some of the best memes that I've seen have been, you know, very frustrated mothers sitting, you know, at the counter with her computer and her child pooping on the table behind her. I mean, some of these just, you you go, oh, my gosh, I understand. So there is that credibility, I think, has changed. You know, we don't have to be the the stuffed shirt with the suit or the, you know, the power suit if you're a female and you know, now we can say, you know what, my cat just bit my phone cord. Now I <laughs> to not in a press release, but you know, you just right. have to be a little bit more accessible. So then that's what takes me back to, you know, you can be one person or ten people or thousands of people, but you do have to have that strategy. And oh, we've only got about ten minutes. I told you this was the quickest sixty minutes on the internet. So. Mickey, how can a small business, we want to go to local now, get free local media coverage, and this goes back to restaurants because they're popping back up and they're trying hard to say, hey, we're still here, the food's still good, you don't need a mask. What what can people do for local media coverage? Right. So we have people call us all the time to say, I'm only interested in local uh, media. And then we tell them, do not hire a service like us do not pay someone to do this. It's the easiest media attention you can get. Uh, in your local market, regardless of whether it's New York Metro or somewhere else, there's probably less than 10 people who would write about you. It's usually your local paper. You might have a community paper um, and be fortunate enough to maybe have a business newspaper or business magazine uh, in your area. There might be a TV or radio segment that sometimes spotlight businesses. You want to do your research and figure out, you know, what segments those are. Um, and at the newspapers or magazines, what um, editors write about companies like yours or within your industry. And then just reach out to them via email. You can also use uh, check Twitter to see if they're on there. Some people prefer Twitter. But um, email's the, the best and tried and true. All you have to do is call the news outlet, and they'll give you the email address. 
it's not like they're trying to hide. They're supposed to be accessible. They're supposed to be part of the community. Uh, if you're, you know, if someone's apprehensive about giving you an email address, you know, that's, that's strange because they're supposed to be very accessible and just willing to share that. Um, you may tell them why you're wanting the email address, uh, but uh, reach out to them. Um, share what is a milestone or something that you feel is newsworthy that's going on with you, and do that on a regular basis. Um, you know, try to, I, I always say try to shoot to do it at least four times a year as you have uh, ideas. Um, if you don't have an idea and it's time for one, but something's trending in your industry that you don't really, uh, you're not really applicable to, you can just give them the tip and say, hey, I'm seeing this trend in your industry. You may want to cover it. It, they'll remember that if it's a good lead, and the next time you send uh, an idea that's specific to you and your company, they're more likely to consider it. And so, um, you know, because it's less than 10 people, um, it's something that you can easily do and reach out with them on a regular basis. The thing to know with uh, radio and TV segments, I did want to point out, is that um, it's not the host of the show that you're wanting to reach, but the producer, or sometimes they have a booker that specifically books people. Uh, those are the people you want to reach or get their email address to send to. But, uh, you know, just have this little Rolodex that you start and just send out uh, news to them on a regular basis. It does not have to be a press release. You don't have to go through the effort of writing a press release for them uh, on, on these topics. Um, you know, if, if you have the idea and you can send them to a page on your website that has a little more information, that's great. Um, if it's not much effort, you could put together the press release um, so it's all there. But you really don't need it when you're just reaching out to local media with a good news tip um, that promotes your company. And uh, this is the reason that you will often see the same companies again and again in newspapers and business magazines because they're the ones who are in constant contact with the journalists and the, uh, the, the people. And so, you know, just stay in touch with them on a regular basis. And this is something that anyone can do. It's the same thing that PR firms do uh, on, on, you know, in a, within an industry. And so you could expand this outside of local and within your industry, for example. The problem is that in most industries, there's lots of publications, and it just takes a lot more time doing the research, staying on top of people when they leave the job and stuff like that. So I always say start local. Um, if you wanted to expand it, you could, but it does take a lot more effort, and you generally get more results using a service uh, as opposed to you doing it on your own. But there's no reason why you can't do this and you can't uh, become a local media darling yourself. Exactly. And while we're talking about local media, what is the difference? You've really explained press releases, but let's expand that a bit and talk about public service announcements because that's different. It is. So a public service announcement is generally something that's more community-minded. Uh, you find governments um, and nonprofit organizations largely behind a public service announcement. Um, and it, it's more just informational-based. Um, it's usually not cutting-edge news, but it could be very timely news and very specific. Uh, you know, during the pandemic, there were a lot of PSAs that were released about um, you know, this is closed, this is open, here's a new opportunity for businesses that are struggling, uh, they're looking for assistance and things like that. So uh, 
yeah, I mean, it, it, it does the job of a press release in explaining the who, what, when, where, and how, but it is much more specific and more tailored to particular types of organizations and companies for the most part. And again, like you said earlier, there are certain people that you're going to want to reach out to, so get that Rolodex going. I don't, yeah, I have a Rolodex. It's in my closet. It's about 100 years old. But we're always going to use that term, aren't we? Nobody actually uses Rolodexes, I don't think. But, but it's it's kind of stuck in, in our lexicon, if you will. Listen, Mickey, where can people find you? You've been such a terrific guest, and I thank you so much. So now tell people where they can go find you again. So um, the website is ereleases.com. Um, you can chat or call. You'll only speak to an editor. We have no salespeople. There's no quotas or commissions. So generally, if we feel we can help you or, or talk to you, we're willing to help you and walk you through the process of, of doing a press release. Um, and all of our social media is on the lower right of that page as well. And again, if you don't know much about press releases, I would recommend that you take that um, short less than an hour master class that I've got that's completely free um, on uh, press release strategies. Uh, it's at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And, uh, you know, anybody that goes through that and light bulbs go off for them on how they could develop some of those ideas specifically for them and their, their company are going to do really well with a press release campaign because those ideas are very strategic and they, and they work time and time again for lots of my clients. I'm registering as soon as we finish this episode. I've already written it down. Go there. Mickey, thank you. It has been wonderful speaking with you, and I really have enjoyed the case studies and just the, the terrific tips and advice that you've shared with our audience. So thank you very much for that. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes, Amazon Prime, Audible, honestly, Apple, wherever you're going to go, anywhere else you consume your business podcast. It's gotten to where you can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. I'm happy about that. So just look for your part on Success Radio and take us along on your success journey. Mickey, thank you. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. 